Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. And uh, I just encourage you guys for that. But what the reason I went with Voyage to Revelation is because about 15, 20 years ago, I had a friend tell me, God, God told me you need to come out here. I, I, I got this video for you to watch. And I, at first I was like, okay. I'm like, great. But when I left, I was floored with it because have you guys ever been in a sermon and all you're hearing is God speak to you? And that's what happened to me is I kept hearing that and hearing that. And what it was, it was on the end times. And I felt God telling me for weeks after to say, don't stop learning. Don't stop teaching. No matter what happens, don't stop doing it. So I spent, as Pastor Poole mentioned, uh, a huge chunk of my the adult life studying this, learning about it, because I, I feel God has put it in my heart to not only study it, but to, to teach others and then to help others learn how to teach other people as well. Because the one thing with prophecy and the one I want you to get out of this is it's not nothing you can sit on. It's not nothing you can just like, oh, that's interesting and put it in your back pocket. Because if we really are in the decline, now is the time to act. We can't just sit there and say, okay, the rapture's coming. Okay, this is coming. We're okay. No, we can't do that because one of the things you'll see in these next coming weeks is the Bible is very clear on what happens. And, and I don't want anybody I know, whether I love them or hate them, to go through that. And I don't think anybody in this room does either. So, and that's one of the things I want to kind of encourage you on as we kind of proceed over these next four weeks is to think of that. Think about if God's called you to do something, what are you going to do with it? Do it. Don't sit on it. Don't. Because if this is it, and it may not be, or it may be, I don't know, but from all indicators, it is sure getting wonky out there. You don't need to study the news for very long to see what's going on. And it's not getting any better. Uh, and what I'm doing is this is a four-week class, and I'm not going to keep you guessing on what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to keep you uh, saying, well, I wonder what he's going to talk about in two weeks. I'm going to kind of give you a little uh, preview of it. And this very first class is, what is this class going to be about? That's kind of what I want you guys to learn tonight. And moving into week two is something I've entitled, Putting It in Reverse. And what I want to do is I want to show you the end times starting at the back moving forward. Because we all can, in this room, we all agree on one thing, right? Eternity, don't we? I don't think no matter where you're at, if you're over here on this side or on this side of the fence, eternity, that's the end for all of us. We're all going to die. We're all going to spend with Lord or separated from him. That's, that's where it goes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, if you were to build a house, I'm going to take that house and show you how the house is built. And that's kind of, and if you don't understand houses, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you the finished house, which is eternity, and then move backwards through the Great Tribulation, through Daniel's 70th week, through other little, the seven events in the Bible, because what it does is you start to see the picture a little clearer going that way, instead of just kind of looking at it like, and it's big, giant, like, 
spaghetti bowl, because that can happen sometimes when you're looking at the book of Revelation or Daniel or Ezekiel. It can get confusing. So what, I, what you're going to kind of see through here is I'm not going to spend a lot of time on one specific event, but I'm going to give you kind of an at-a-glance, a big-picture effect of it. Because my, my hope and prayer for everyone in this room is you don't, and I was talking with Pastor Howie about this, is you don't believe what I say. I don't want you to. I want you to pick the Bible up and learn it yourself. Be a what? A Berean. That's Chuck Misser used to say that. Be a Berean. Don't believe me. Look at the Bible. Look at what the Bible says. And then the week three is I'm going to take those seven events that um, I kind of highlight to you. And I'm going to go a little into detail with them. Again, not big, giant levels of it, but just enough to kind of give an explanation on what each of these events are and what they mean and what their purpose is and, and how, how it will affect the planet. And then week four, I'm going to pose a question, so now what? Now that you've learned about prophecy, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? Are we going to sit? Are we going to... It's like, oh, that was a good class. Oh, I didn't like that class. Or I wish I would have done a little bit different. That's, that's not my objective here. My objective is here over these next four weeks is to motivate you. That's what my objective is, is to motivate you. Because if, if uh, one of the pastors I listen to on the radio, he says, now is the time to be about your daddy's business. And that is, that is my main goal here is my goal is not to scare you. My goal is not to confuse you. My goal is to say, hey, if the end is coming, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Sit, hide, pray for the rapture? I, that's that's my, my objective here. Go ahead, Jason. And in times Bible prophecy, when you think of those four words, what, what comes to your mind? Are you confused? Does it scare you? Does it make you worried? Does it excite you? It excites me. I'm one of those guys that when, when I see something happen in the Middle East that I can kind of relate to, like, say, Ezekiel, it gets me excited. And, and my wife will tell you I've talked her ear off over stuff. I, and I used to send emails out to people on all this stuff, and, I, and, and if you corner me, I'll talk your ear off on it. I get really excited about it, but I also understand that not everybody's like me, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not poking at anybody, but it also can make you fearful. Because if you were to just look at the book of Revelation and look at all of the, the bold judgments, the seals, um, it, there's some horrible stuff that happens. And if that's all you see and that's all you focus on, what, what, what's going to happen? One or two things. You're going to say, you know what? I can't look at this stuff no more. Ah, I'm not even going to. Ah, no way, this stuff, man. Or you're going to get so scared because I'm one of those kids that grew up on those, the Thief of the Night. Anybody else watch those? Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Gosh, those scared me to death, those movies did. But uh, go ahead, Jason. And if learning about the end times is a passion for you, I pray that what you learn about over these next four weeks is reinforces it, your beliefs and strengthen them. And if you don't know about what's coming, I pray that 
you come to the realization that, you know what, I'm in the right place. These next four weeks are going to open my eyes to things. But before I do that, there are two points I would like to cover. Go ahead, Jason. And the point one is this class is not about extracurricular Bible commentary. And what I mean by that is there are all, the one thing I think that has damaged Bible prophecy is people who come up with outlandish theories on when Christ is returning. I mean, I'm not old enough to know, but I, I remember firsthand, but I know there was a book about reasons why the rapture is going to happen in 1980. And, and we remember, the, anybody remember the billboard several years ago that the rapture's coming in 2016 or whatever it is. What happens to the people who bite into that and believe that? They get hurt. They get confused. They're like, well, what's the point in studying this? If this is all we're getting is this somebody coming up with the solution, the answer, why bother? And then the other one, second one, not yet. The next one is you will not find any date setting. To me, and, and I'm going to cover that in a little bit, but the, Jesus himself is very clear about this. No man, that's no one, whether it's myself, anybody else in this room or around the world is no man knows. And you see, and I've, and, and some of them, one of my favorite teachers, and I quit listening to him, he came up with this theory on why 2028 or 2027 or something, I can't remember, was the day. And, and, and what happens, and this guy has a, massive following on YouTube, millions of people. And, and what happens in seven, eight years and the rapture or the end doesn't happen? Wow, another guy who said he had the answers and he had the inside track and it was a lie. And that's the one thing that you're not going to get here. I promise you. I am not going to be another statistic of another big mouth guy who's giving you the answers. I promise you I ain't going to do that. Um, the third one, you're, what you won't find here is fear tactics. And, and like I told you, I, was watch, I, I grew up watching those movies, and I remember this one time my parents were late. This was before cell phones. And my parents were late from work. Not just one, but both of them. So me and my brother, we sat there and looked at each other in your bedroom. Did we miss the rapture? <laughs> Obviously we didn't, but, but that, that was, and I'm not, and, and, and if you're a fan of those movies, I'm a fan of those movies, but what happens is, is those movies, it, without the proper context, context, excuse me, they left you in fear. And that's what happened. I grew up on that, and I had friends coming to the old church downtown, and they'd come, and they're like, oh, my God, they'd take these bathroom breaks. I'm like, Tom, this has scared me. And I'm like, me too. And I'm like, but you, you come to church here. I know. I'm still scared of it. And the last point, I, what you won't find here is you will not find scriptures taken out of context. I am, the, the, the verses, and I'm going to give you a ton of verses, I'm not going to take them out of context to try to force a point in. 
there's a couple prophecies that some of the guys I really like even talk about. And I, and from my viewpoint, I can't find anything that supports that theory. And I won't, I won't expose you to that because all that will do is can bring confusion. And I don't want confusion. What I want is clarity. I want when you guys walk out of here, you're like, that makes so much sense. Because I want that, I want that, like, for me, that light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I see it. I see it. And that's the main, like I said, what I want you to get out of this class. Go ahead, Jason. Point two, this class is about seeking the truth found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm going to go into verses from both of them because there's a lot of verses that you can find that have, um, you know, they're quoting the Old Testament. Like Book of Revelation quotes Isaiah a, um, a lot. And a lot of people don't know that. I didn't know it until after my brain surgery, and I didn't see the verse on it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some verses in there in a couple of weeks, and I didn't even realize some of that. And that's kind of what I want to show you. And I am going to give you dozens of verses and passages. The, the notes you have now, like I said, this is an introduction to it, but the next two weeks you'll get a ton of verses. And what, you, what I want you to do with these verses is take them home and, and read them yourself. Find your favorite Bible translation and read them yourself. And, and look at them and pray, pray, Holy Spirit, show me, show me. And my main, and, and I talked about it, but one of my main purposes is to give, is not just to give you a vast amount of information, but to give you some tools to overcome the world. Because, and I heard pastor say it a few weeks ago, if things get dicey and we can't come in here and worship, what happens? And I don't, I mean, if you would have told me, Ten years ago, we would have had a pandemic across the country that would have shut the whole nation down. I'd have laughed at you. I would have. I said, "No way!" But we faced it. And and I don't know what the what's coming in the future. But what I want to do is is show you that the Bible does know. God knows what's coming in the future, and He knows what's coming in the future, and and He put it in the the Word for us to know too. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, one of the tools I want to leave you with is how do you read Bible prophecy? Because I, and anybody who's read the book of Revelation, they'll, you'll come across some weird stuff. Stuff that's like, what are they talking about? Right? You, I mean, you're, there's some symbols, there's some explanations, there's some stuff in there that you just don't know. And what I want to do is I want to teach you something that's known as the golden rule of Bible, pro, uh, Bible interpretation. And I know you guys are thinking, well, so you just told me you weren't going to do something crazy. And I'm not. you got to stay with me, but you have to stay with me. I'm not going isn't, to, this isn't some crazy theory or some crazy system. It, it's something that's really easy. Go ahead, Jason. Dr. David L. Cooper said, when plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. Therefore, take every word at its primary, ordinary, usual, literal meaning unless the facts of the immediate context studied in the light of related passages and axiomatic and fundamental truths indicate clearly otherwise. And that whole big 
what I consider a big run-on sentence <laughs> is when plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. And you're, you're like, well, how can you do that with Revelation? What I want to challenge you to do is treat Bible prophecy like we treat John 3.16. Go ahead. Jason, go ahead. I'm not used to the mic. I'm sorry. When you read this, and I'm going to read it, is John 3.16 of the New King James Version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How do you read, for God so loved the world? God loved the world, right? How do you read that he gave his only begotten son? Jesus went to the cross. And whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we all know that. Go ahead, Jason. That is not on my notes. All of <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, no, this is, no, this is awesome. I'm actually kind of, this is funny. But all of us in this room read John 3.16 and interpret it literally, don't we? And that's a good thing, right? We all believe what's on there. We've all based our, I mean, thousands and millions of people have based that very scripture on the hope that, you know what? Christ forgave me. That's all, that's what all this is. And what I want you guys to do as we move forward is apply that same reading and understanding of that verse into the verses I'm going to show you in a couple weeks. That same thing. Look at them exactly how you, read them how you see them. And you're like, well, what about some of that weird stuff? Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Go ahead. When you follow this golden rule, consistency, and this is big, is maintained across the entire Bible. You don't, I mean, and you don't have to raise your hands, but no one in this room questions John 3.16, what it means. No one does. But, but and I, I did the same thing, and I'm not, and if, you're of, if, you're, if your belief systems are different than mine, I am not being an antagonistic to you. I'm not confronting you. I'm not attacking. What I'm doing is, is I believe that this, this way of reading the Bible throughout Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, it'll, it'll bring clarity to it. You'll see things that you may not see. Because if, if you spend time second-guessing everything, you're going to miss what's really being said. And that's what I don't want anybody in this room to do moving forward. I don't want you to get hung up on things that you don't need to, that maybe are easier for you to, that should, that are easier for us to understand. And you'll notice that more and more you do it, the, the more the light bulb will go off. And, and it's, like I said, I'm not, this ain't an, uh, once in a night, you're done, it's over with, you don't need to ever study it again, because I've been digging into this stuff for, for a long time, and there's verses that I've missed for, for a, I don't know, over a decade that I, saw out of the blue that just kind of floored me. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the journey I want each of you guys to, to start on. I want you guys to look at that and say, you know what? I don't understand this in like Revelation 9, but I do understand what's said in Revelation chapter 5. 
And, and, and these little small victories towards that, that was my approach with that, with this whole, the whole end times and, and the, what the Bible was saying. Go ahead, Jason. And this isn't easy. And has anybody with a show of hands read Revelation chapter 9? The Revelation 9, 1 through 2, it talks about these locusts. And anybody know what I'm talking about, these locusts? It describes, John describes them with uh, wings of an eagle, uh, tail of a scorpion, uh, teeth of a lion, a face of a man, and, 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 and long hair. And, and the, there's been arguments over it that people say, man, well, those are real monsters. And there's other armors, I mean, arguments saying that, you know what, John's just trying to, he's using his own uh, vernacular from when he, you know, 70 AD when he wrote this stuff. So he, he wouldn't know how to describe stuff that from 20, 20, whatever. And I don't know what they are. No one does. And no one will. We can't, and I have dozens of books on my bookshelves. Ask my wife. She, I, I sometimes let them get a little dusty, but no one knows what these things are going to be until they arrive. And that's what's important is we don't know. So when you come across these things that's impossible to know, it is my belief we can't fixate on them because it, what it will do is it will derail you you'll get stuck on, well, what are those locusts in Revelation chapter 9? And then you'll spend six months thinking about it. And then you'll lose sleep. And then you'll have dreams of aliens coming out of your walls. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of stuff that happens. But <laughs> go ahead, Jason. What's important, and, and as you go through the book of Revelation, there is a theme of purpose. Everything you see in these books, there's something that is happening as a direct result. These locusts, I'm going to read Revelation 9, 3 through 6 for you. It says, Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth, and they were given the power to sting like scorpions. So we know they're going to hurt. They were told not to harm the grass or the plants or the trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And I'll, we'll kind of cover that a little bit later. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain like the pain of a scorpion sting. Whatever these things, whether it's a Apache helicopter or a locust that comes out of a, a pit like from a, the Avengers movies, I don't know. In those days... People will seek death, but not find them. Find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And that, that verse right there, and it's, that's the one that when I saw Travis's house, that was the video that I watched, and it, and it, it kind of just left me floored because that was the whole context of what I saw coupled with the movies I grew up watching, you know. And that song, you guys remember that song, There's No Time <laughs> I won't sing. My wife will say, don't you dare. Don't you dare put your voice out there on YouTube. But I used to, I, that, I was like, oh, my God. So I, I kind of began that, that journey. I have to find out. I have to find out what this is. Go ahead. And I am not saying 
that what you're going to do is when you start reading these things, it's going to be easy. There's some challenging verses in there. I mean challenging where even somebody I've read through Ezekiel 38, 39, for example, I mean hundreds of times. And there's still stuff that I see that I didn't see or there's stuff that I'm just starting to understand. And what we got to do is remember when you come across these and you're going to, like I said, these next, the following two weeks, you're going to get a lot of verses I'm going to give you guys. And, and, and if you get to that point where you're not understanding, I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to say, you know what, why bother? I don't understand this stuff, Tom. All I ask is be patient and persevere with this. Don't give up. Because there might be somebody depending on you. Yes. And that, that's a reality. That, that's, I, I was asked uh, maybe a couple months ago, why, why, do you, why do you stay in Jacob's Ladder for 10 years? Why have you been doing this for 10 years? You know, their whole thing was like, what do they pay you? And I'm like, they don't pay me. <laughs> I go, they don't pay me. And they're like, what? You come in here for two hours every week? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I didn't go around start preaching to them, you know, telling them about the locusts. I didn't do that because you can't do that. <laughs> I'd get in trouble. He's like, you can't be doing that, Tom. But no. But what it does is as I know and understand that, it, gives, it, it kind of opens my eyes to why I need to be at Jacob's and why my dad and the other people in here need to be at Jacob's, which brings us to our next tool. Go ahead, Jason. Why spend the time and energy to learn Bible prophecy? Have you ever asked that? You don't have to raise your hand. But have you ever said, what is the point? It's all going to pan out anyways. Jesus wins. Yeah. <laughs> right? Go ahead, Jason. And, and, and what I did is, is I wrote down some of the questions that I have was asked through emails or in person. Um, these are a couple of them that I did. Is, I was asked, is Bible prophecy really that important? If so, how important? Is knowledge of the Bible prophecy relevant to the gospel? Since everything is going to work out, why bother? And in order to answer these questions, we need to go to the source. Jason, I'm used to my clicker, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And I use that verse because the, and I didn't do the math on this, but it was, it was the, kind of the consensus, I kind of, and I kind of averaged it out is the Bible contains about 31,000 verses, individual verses, and 8,300 of them roughly deal with Bible prophecy, deal with prophecy. Go ahead, Jason. That roughly works out to 27% of the Bible de deals with the future. 27%. 535 verses alone deal with the second coming of Christ. 535. It kind of puts things in a different light, doesn't it? When you sit there and realize that 8,000 plus verses deal with 
Bible prophecy and, and 500, over 500 of them deal with the second coming of Christ. It, it kind of makes you think a little bit. Go ahead, Jason. Now I want to go back to that verse, except I want to put the, the, verse, the next verse in there. Because, again, context is key. 2 Timothy 3.16 through 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And verse 17 says, God uses it to prepare and to equip his people for every good work. So if you want to know why study Bible prophecy, because it, A, it prepares us. It equips us to do his good work. And what's his good work? To tell other, everybody else, to warn. Not to tell everybody, you know, and I, again, I remember growing up in a church where it's like, turn or burn. That's what I grew up hearing. No, we can't do that. You, I mean, it, it was when I, a week ago, I put this announcement on my Facebook, and I had people in my office waiting to argue with me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm doing something right. I got God, you're, you're doing something. And, and what, what, it's, what, we're, what, what I want to show you is, and especially because I had a, a whole different plan for this four weeks. I had this whole class that I was going to spend a lot of time out of Ezekiel and and God course corrected me on it. I'm still going to talk on this subject, but it's because I just had to get reminded, hey, this ain't the point. I'm not, you're not here to scare everybody about the big war in the Middle East. You're not here to do that. And that's something that I have to be reminded of sometimes. I mean, it's because that's human nature. We see things. I mean, we watch this. We, I mean, this last week or two in the Middle East, we're watching things just rap and I'm not going to commentate on that yet but it's there's just a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff go ahead Jason God not only tells us that all scripture is inspired by him but it's necessary to be completely ready for whatever may come our way and you see and I don't I don't know what what the future holds no no one in this room does we don't know I mean, I watched this news story. Uh, I read this news story. It was sent to me. Um, a, a preacher from America went into London and was preaching on the streets and was arrested for preaching as a hate crime. And, and, and that's, that's nothing new. There, there's going to be that. But what, what, what kind of struck me on that is is what happens, and we've seen attempts in this country, especially through in different states where preaching has, is starting to get scrutinized a little bit. And, and, and it's why it's important to, to equip ourselves now. And I touched on this 30 minutes ago is what, what happens if, you know, we get an announcement one day and says we can't come to New Life Church anymore. What happens if... You're, you can't go buy groceries. And, again, I'm not going to touch on some of this, the uh, Revelation 13 yet. But what happens if the, the vaccine, the, and I'm not coming down on the vaccine, so if you're vaccinated, please don't. I'm not attacking that. But I, what I just see is the, the forcing of it. The, you know, you, I'm, a, I'm a huge football fan. 
I, I love the, the Rams. Yeah, I, I love the Rams and and the the Las Vegas Raiders. You cannot enter that building to watch a football game without being vaccinated. And that is what worries me is is their the forcing of it because I believe what it's setting it's conditioning the planet for the inevitable, which the the mark. That comes in Revelation 13 where it says you can't buy, trade, sell without this. Because if we're all used to it, if the world is used to it, how easy will it be to implement it? Like that. It'll make sense. That's what, remember Pastor Howard, you guys that are, Pastor Howard said that one time. When all this comes down, it's going to make so much sense. And, and, now, and now we're kind of watching everything make so much sense. And that's what I want you to I want to ask yourself, is, is there a change coming around the corner? I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's in our best interest to be ready. Not to, not to have a million rounds of ammunition and 10 years of food. I think a thousand rounds is okay. <laughs> Uh, all, all seriousness. Um, it, that's what I want to challenge you guys tonight. Is, is there a change around the corner? And it's a real, it's something real that I didn't expect to see. I mean, I, I honestly believe, hey, you know what, before all this stuff goes, man, I'm going to hear that trumpet and we're going to be out of here. But... Here I am, almost 50 years old, and I'm still like, wow. Where's that? Yeah, where's that trumpet? Where is that trumpet? Yeah, and if you haven't noticed, I I am. I'm a pre-tribulation rapture believer, and that's what's going to be taught here. And if you don't believe in that, that's okay. I I believe I'm going to show you some verses that I believe can convince you otherwise. I believe I'm going to show you some that you may have never seen before. Go ahead, Jason. In summary, as we start moving into uh, these next two weeks, there's going to be no date setting or fear tactics. I'm not going to scare you. I promise you. I promise you I am not going to tag news events to these verses to put fear in you. I'm not going to. That's something that I was planning on doing, and I got checked. To be perfectly honest with you, I was. I, I, I was, because I, I, I mean, I, I love that stuff. But I just, I, I just kind of felt my spirit saying, that's not why you're going up there. So the other thing you're going to see is nothing but biblical truth. Uh, that's everything, anything I say, I'm going to kind of show you this is why Tom Frank is teaching this. This ain't Tom 101 or the book of Tom. This is what the Bible, and I'm gonna, and I want to show it to you. The other thing you're going uh, to see and I'm going to use is literal reading of the scriptures. Everything we come across, and then, like I said, we're going to come across some symbolism 
that what I want to challenge you to do is don't focus on, you know, what. For instance, everybody knows about the destruction. I mean, if you don't, the, the Revelation 17, 18 talks about the destruction of mystery Babylon. We've all, if you've, if you've read anything in Bible prophecy, that's one of the big topics is the destruction of Babylon. And one of the things in there, it's the word mystery, it's in there. And if you study that word out, it says it won't be known until that time. And I have books of people trying to convince me who Babylon is. When the Bible says not to be known until this time. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going with some of this little reading. And then the last for summarization is to prepare you for the future. And not just to prepare you, but to prepare your loved ones, to, to teach your, your loved ones. Because if the Lord tarries and we're all gone and this, is, this isn't getting taught, how easy is it going to be for the Antichrist to come in and dupe the planet? And that's something that stuck with me, too. It's like, oh, my gosh. That's, it'll just be like, yeah, I've never even heard of that. The mark, what's that? And that's what I want to do, too. And next time as we meet, we're going to put it in reverse. And like I said, we're going to start with eternity and work our way all the way to the rapture. I'm going to show you there are seven, there are seven really main key events in the Bible, and what I want you to do is when you see these seven key events next week, I'm not going to go into great detail with them to start it off. What I'm going to do is give you kind of the summary verse. I found, I believe, is the summary, the best verse that kind of describes it, and then I'll kind of uh, commentate as we go forward. Go ahead, Jason. But that is the end of this week one, and I am going to, if somebody has a question, I am going to open them up. But I also understand that some of these questions might be complicated, and I will gladly answer every question thrown to me, even if you stump me. And if you stump me while I'm up here, I'll answer it. I'll, I'll do the homework on the, uh, and get it to you via email or something. Um, does anybody have any questions? Okay. And, and if you didn't hear, what she brought up was the sheep and goat judgment. That's in Matthew 25, and I'm not going to cover that, but it's, it's during the Millennium Kingdom where you have the, the sheep lined on one side and the goats lined on the other at their judgment. And, and what she's saying is her friend had a dream of her being in that line and one of her friends across the way telling her, why didn't you tell me? And, and see, to me, that's an excellent motivator 
if that's what you get out of this and that's what you see, that's, it's a motivator for it. Anybody else have a question? No questions. And like I said, and, and, and if you don't want to ask the question in public or you're just ready to get out of here, I get it. You, please email me. Please email me. I am, I am willing to answer every question to the best of my ability. I am, and I encourage you guys to come back for these the next two weeks. There's kind of the real, real meat of what these this month is going to be about. Uh, if we bow our heads and close in prayer, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time together, God, to to study your Word. I pray, God, as the rest of this week goes, that you not only open doors for us to minister to other people, but you just continue to. Uh, just challenge us, God, to grow in our walks. And we thank you for all that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.